Hello and welcome to another podcast at Equippers Church Dunedin. Today's sermon is brought to you by Pastor William Levy. Hey, it's so good to be in church. Welcome to all those that are visiting or uh, I've seen from afar a few family from around the place. Great to see you guys. Uh, but it's great to be in church. Amen. And um, this morning, I really pray that that uh, that you, we would con- that the Lord would continue to build into what we're believing for as a church, and uh, and really the prophetic unction of what I feel that the Lord has given us uh, as a church to reach the city, because who knows that that's what God's called us to do is to reach the city. And you're like, oh, that's a massive, that's a massive job. How do we do that? Um, and well, we do it by the, just listening to God and doing what He tells us to do. Uh, I find that's the easiest thing, um, listening to God and then doing what He tells us to do. And so, as you'll know, if, you, if, or if you've been visiting, let me just, get, if you're visiting, sorry, not being visiting, if you're visiting, let me just give you a little bit of a, a quick little background, a little follow-up. Uh, a little while ago, I was, I was praying and asking the Lord because the Lord's given us quite a few prophetic words about reaching a city for Jesus. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, God, um, we're, you know, we're, we've got an all right church and we, we, we try and, you know, it's, it's sort of nice. Um, we've got some great uh, parents' rooms. We've got some great uh, kids' areas. We've got some great kids' programs. We've got great teams. We're serving, people are belonging in an e-group, people are investing in an e-group, e-team. Uh, we've got some structure, uh, we've seen the church grow, um, but to a certain level, and it's not really to, this, to the level that, that uh, I'm just praying for and believing for if we want to see a city saved. And even if we just took the prophetic words around being a church of a thousand and two years, uh, there's, there's the growth levels have got to step up. And so I'm praying, God, what's it going to take? What do we need to do as a church? Because we've got all this stuff organized and we've got all this stuff planned. And we've got, you know, most of the time it's warm, apart from the bathrooms. I know, that's all right. We're, we're on to that. Don't worry about that. We are going to put some heating in the bathrooms. Can I get an amen? Amen. That should have been our primeral, um Advertising for the miracle offering, eh? <laughs> Not really, but uh, but we've got all this stuff happening in church, and it's pretty good. If you've been part of the church for a little while, I, I reckon we've we've got a good church. Uh, you know, um, Pastor Justine heads up our Care and Connection program and and our e groups, and you know, and she's a legend and a ninja when it comes down to that. And so, uh, you know, if you're in an e group, we we pretty much will look after you. Not to say we won't look after you if you're not in the E group, but um, there's a good structure, there's a good care and connection structure that we have to make sure we're just trying to love you, help you. Um, you know, we'll try and send out some flowers if something happens or celebrate with something or, or mourn with something. And so even as a church and in, in who we are as how we operate, I, I reckon we've got an okay. There's, you know, we're doing good, we're doing okay. Um, but uh, that's a lot of inward stuff. I'm like, I'm praising the Lord. We, yeah, we're looking after our church and we know the condition and of our flock. That's what the Bible says. But what are we going to do to reach the city of Dunedin? Uh, 
How are we going to reach the city of Dunedin? And I'm praying, God, show me, show me. And I always go back to Acts chapter 2, the first church. I'm like, God, there's so much in the first church. Show me, show me, show me. And so if we put up Acts chapter 2, it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared uh, the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. And as I read this scripture, this word, generosity, just came out. And uh, I I was thinking, the Holy Spirit highlighted it to me, generosity, generosity. And I just kept mulling over it and keep meditating over it. And I'm like... Um, you know, put me in a dark room and asked me to spell generosity. I'll spell it upside down and backwards. But when I spelled it this first time, I spelled it with a C and not an S. So when it came to generosity, it came to generosity. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, say to me, the key to reaching a city for Jesus is living a life of generosity. And so this is where we're at. This is where we're at as a, as a church. Over the th- three weeks ago, we started a series on generosity. And um, we talked about uh, the culture of generosity and really looking through that scripture of Acts chapter 42, talking about loving God, loving people, devoting themselves to one another, sharing and devoting themselves to prayer, giving our whole lives to the cause of Christ. And then, and then the next one was that um, we're equipped we're equipped for generosity and really using Ephesians chapter 3.20, if we can throw that up there as well. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now I love this scripture and I think a lot of us know this scripture if you've been in church circles for a little while. But here's the thing, a lot of us when we're quoting it or read it like this, Now all glory to God who is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And we read it out and we, re- we say it out like that because we automatically think God can do anything. God is amazing. God's awesome. God's the, 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 the best of the best. He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and God can do anything. But we, we, we miss the very part of the Scripture where it says, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ever ask or think. And when we read it like that, it doesn't point to God being able to do everything. It, put, it talks about a partnership of Him using us and Him working together. That's, what we, that's where we see that God can do infinitely more than we could ever ask or think because He's using us. He's, doing, he's letting something happen in our heart. And so this morning... It's also our miracle offering day, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. If you're visiting, please just be a guest, be a, a visitor this morning. But um, this morning, I want to talk about faith for generosity. And uh, as we do that, I, I'd just like to pray. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross and to rise again, to defeat the grave, to take the penalty of our sin. This is a... 
you can't beat that generosity. I thank you, Lord, that you did that for me. You did that for everyone. You did it for the world that you created. You are a generous God. There's none like you. And I pray this morning, Lord, that as, as, as we minister, as we open up the word of God, Lord, would you, would you do something in our hearts? Lord, I need help to articulate this, but more I ask, Lord, is that somehow through the words, your Holy Spirit would move in, in every person's heart. So Jesus, I thank you again for what you've done for us and what you're doing in us and what you're going to do with us. And I thank you, Jesus, that we have the privilege to serve you. So Holy Spirit, come and reign in this place, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we'll get into this place, faith for generosity. Faith for generosity. And here's the greatest thing about this is this has gone, uh, you know, when I'm talking about faith for generosity, we're not talking about uh, trying to stir your emotions and trying to pr- um, provoke you to a place of that. This, after that, the end of this message, when we're taking up our miracle offering, oh, you know, I've done such a good job to wind you up and get you into an emotional state that you'll make a decision and then you're like, ah, what am I, how am I going to do this? Or even this and that. It's like, that would be the worst thing possible. Because that's not our heart at all as a church. And in fact, this message this morning, those some of you have already heard it, you'll notice that it has nothing to do with finances. Most of it. Anyway, maybe the last little bit has a little bit about finances. But what I believe God wants to do in our hearts this morning is continue to stir this culture of what generosity is in and through us. See, faith for generosity is not about believing God so you can give more. Faithful generosity is about believing God to help you become more and more generous. Let me just share that one more time. Faithful generosity is not about believing God so you can give more. Faithful generosity is about believing God to help you become more and more generous. See, in Proverbs chapter 11, we've had this up as part of our scriptures as well in the message version. It says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Who wants their world to get larger and larger? I pray you do. I want my world to get larger and larger. And it gives a greater opportunity so I can do even more for God. And he's the thing, as we read in the, in the parable of the talents, he's the one that knows our ability and he's the one that graces us with the ability to outwork what he's given us. But here's the thing, the same principle here works. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but my, I don't want my world to get smaller and smaller. I want my world to get larger and larger. Who wants their world to get larger and larger? I pray you do, because the more that God entrusts us with, the more He believes in us, and the more He's going to give us stuff, and the more we can continue serving God and, and blessing the people that are around us in our worlds. Amen. So this morning as I share some thoughts, and I pray that you'd, you'd want and believe for your world to get larger and larger. I love the fact that after talking to I've talked to many different people this last year, and I've, I've heard testimonies, oh, they've bought another business. I'm like, flip. Just hard enough looking after one, isn't it? But no, God's, because they've been faithful with what God's given them, they're, gonna, they're expanding. 
I've had one, two, three, four conversations like that. Different people expanding and going into different roles and just seeing the world's getting larger and larger and larger. What does that mean? Influence. It means opportunity. And so it's so good, so good. I like the fact that our worlds are supposed to get larger and larger. In fact, with the Revolution Tour coming up, who's excited about the Revolution Tour? I know a lot of young people are. But isn't it, wasn't it amazing to have Reggie Dabbs here last Sunday? Just the hope and the love that he breathed into us as a church and into the different people that were ministered to. In fact, who saw Reggie on uh, whatever the, one of those morning programs, news morning programs? Uh, if you didn't see it, log on to someone's Facebook who shared it and watch it because it is absolutely incredible. The anointing and the power of God just leaves those three reporters in their tracks. And it's like three reporters who are used to giving their opinions, used to interrupting, used to just saying whatever they wanted to say. And uh, Reggie just has them. And like he, they are sitting there like dumbfounded going, oh my goodness, this guy, this is amazing. And so just that's going into our schools. Why? Because we're believing for the world around us to get larger and larger. Youth is not believing that there's going to be 40 kids here, 40 young people at youth this Friday night. Well, they're, they're believing that youth is going to go to a place of, of 100, 200, 300, 400. Uh, why? Because they're believing that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. You know, as a church, we sponsor Revolution Tour. We pay for it to come in and, and we do our uprisings as well. Why? Because we're generous. We can do that because we're a church that gives and tithes, but also partners in the miracle offering. And so... This, what are we believing for? We're believing that our world's going to get larger and larger with smelly teenagers, with a whole lot of issues that need to learn how to be polite and say thank you for a ride home. <laughs> but who are broken, who are lost, and are searching for hope. I, uh, just, if, if you, if you, here's the thing. If you've got an issue with smelly teenagers, just buy some deodorant and give it to them. Be generous. <laughs> but our worlds, we want to get larger and larger. As a church, I want us to, I, I'm believing that we're going to get more generous and more generous to a place where we can just respond. And I think that one of the, the stories this year, uh, Jake and Justine had a friend connected to uh, the Kaikra, uh earthquakes there and somehow through the post they, they they just highlighted to us as a church saying hey there's a there's if we get a whole lot of gifts to the post office by a certain date they'll send a whole lot of gifts up to the children in Kaikura because of the earthquake and make sure they get something at Christmas time and I'm like that's a great idea let's do that and we were able just to write out you know we partnered with another venture as well and we just we bought three thousand dollars worth of books, and just said, Here's, "Here you go, send them up." We were able to do that as a church just because we wanted our world to get larger and larger, and because you guys partner with us. But anyway, I'm not talking about finances. It's just a testimony. The world of the generous will get larger and larger. The world of the stingy will get smaller and smaller. It's the principle of God. Here's the thing. 
When we read our Bible, I've just, oh, I've been, I went to a conference last week with a guy called Shane Willard there, and he is, a, he is an Ascension ministry teacher. If, if you don't know what I mean by that, in Ephesians 4, it says, these are, the, uh, these are the gifts given to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, apostles, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And we call them the five Ascension uh, ministries. And uh, they all have different roles, but, you know, it's like Peter Prothero, Steve Graham, you know, how we get those guys in, they can teach the Word of God like, oh my goodness, what the heck. And uh, you feel like you know nothing, but that's their job, that's their role. And they put a lot of time and effort in, and that, that's what swings their wheels. But um, I've been at this conference, and Shane Willard is an Ascension ministry teacher, and he's just teaching and teaching, and just phenomenal. And, and I bought one of his series called How to Interpret the Bible from a Hebrew Point of View from a Jewish point of view. And so you look at the Bible from how a Hebrew or how a Jewish person would read the Scriptures and look at the Scriptures. And uh, so there's a Hebrew point of view, but also there's a Greek point of view. So Hebrew was the Old Testament. Greek was the New Testament. The Hebrews still interpreted the New Testament into Hebrew because like, we interpreted Greek into English. Makes sense, doesn't it? And so there's, still, there's a Hebrew point of view through the whole Bible. And one of the things that he was saying, when you look at it from a Hebrew, Hebrew uh, from that point of view, <laughs> is that the, the Hebrew point of view really looks mainly at the function of a word of, or of the sentence, whereas a Greek point of view will look at the form or, 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 of, of the word of, or of the sentence. So, so he, when we look at it, it's like this. Uh, that person was generous or he is a generous person. So the form is that person was generous. The function is that he is a generous person, right? Uh, I shared another illustration was uh, the form is a lawnmower, but its function is mowing the lawns. Uh, so it is a lawnmower, but it does nothing good if it's not functioning Right? It doesn't help your lawns out one bit if it's not functioning. And so when you're looking at uh, Scripture through a Hebrew point of view, they're always looking at what's the function. What is it of, of, of what the Scriptures are trying to say? And so we look at Acts chapter 2, and there's a function in that early church. They, they met together on, uh, regularly. They shared their meals. They shared their positions. They, they were looking after one another. They were functioning as a church. And it says this, a deep sense of joy and generosity came over them all. And I don't know about you, but as a church, I don't want to just be a generous church because here's the thing. Uh, praise the Lord that we were able to just write out a check for $3,000, buy some books and that. But that was a form. That was like we were just generous in that point of view. Now, we have been generous in other areas, but I want to be known as a church where we're functioning as a generous church, not just in finances, but we're functioning with our time. We're functioning loving people, letting them come into our homes, having meals, praying with one another, believing for one another, prophesying over one another. I want to be a generous church where we pray and like when we get to our points where we pray, man, there's just people knowing that I'm ready to pray it up. I'm ready to believe for this person. And so they're functioning as, as a church. See, this is amazing. This, 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 is, this is awesome. See, the function of generosity is not just our, our label. Uh, faith for generosity is our belief 
is our belief is in Jesus Christ. Our function is now generosity with our lives. How, do, what, how can I qualify that? See, when you're looking at Hebrew words, this is amazing. As, as I said, I was at this conference with Shane Willard, but I listened to one of his teachings, and then I went on and I did some more research through with him as well. But when the Hebrew word for righteousness, because we're all saved in Jesus Christ, right? We're saved by grace in Jesus Christ. We are saved by His blood. Praise the Lord. We're saved this morning. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a good place this morning. Because at the end of this message, I'm going to invite you to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you'll be in the righteousness of Christ. Praise the Lord. The word, the Hebrew word for that is Sadak, which is T-S-I-D-A-Q. Sadak. But here's another word for you which is the Hebrew word for generosity, which is tzedakah, which is T-S-I-D-A-Q-A-H. Do you know how close they are as words? They are phenomenally close as words. And we've got a lot of words in English that are phenomenally close, right? Uh, you, you can think of them yourselves. I'll just stay with the Hebrew right now. As, so tzedak, which is righteousness, and tzedakah, which is generosity, are tied together. And in fact, there's 2,106 scriptures in the Bible that righteousness and generosity go together. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm doing this research and I'm almost falling off my chair because I'm like, God, I know you said do a series on generosity. But this is awesome. I'm like, I mean, I didn't plan this. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that he was going to reveal this to me on the third week of the series. I'm like, righteousness and generosity going together? I mean, if you stop and you look back now, you're like, duh. But even from a Hebrew point of view and the words, it's just phenomenal. So let's have a, couple, a look at a couple. Psalm um, 37. It says this, Now I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteousness forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. See that? See how the, the, the righteousness are never forsaken but they were always generous. Next scripture, 112, I think it was. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are righteous, compassionate. Oh, sorry, generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their businesses fairly. See, again, the, that, that function of that scripture, not the form, the function of that scripture there's a whole concept of they are generous, compassionate, and righteousness. It ties together. So as a church, yes, we're saved. We are righteous in the sight of God. But now our function is, or we add that one in there as well, compassion and generosity. You know, we're getting that this morning. So this is, this is great because this answers that scripture in James. Excuse me who's read the book of James and has got confused before. Because James talks about faith without deeds is dead. I'm like, what do you mean? And I get taught all the time reading my Bible there, we're saved by grace. We're saved. We're not, it's not about what you do. It's what about Jesus already done. I can accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't have to do anything. But James, good old, who decided to put James in the Bible? I'm like... So let's read this, though. Let's read it. Let's read it not from a form point of view. 
Let's read it from a function point of view. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, by your function? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Now, if we parallel that, just rewind it for a second. If we paralleled that, anyone know a story in the Bible where it talks about how someone was beaten up and they needed some help? And Jesus was responding to a certain question, which the certain question was, who is my neighbor? Parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus, and he goes, he says to the, the person, well, who was the neighbor? The person who showed mercy. Right? So we're understanding the function now, aren't we? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. I'm like, if there was a light bulb moment, boom. That scripture makes a whole lot more sense now, doesn't it? Where it's not just, not just the form of saved. We're outworking, we're functioning as a saved person. And this is what James is talking about. Now, let's keep on going. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Just, I want to qualify this for a second. It says that I wrote this down. You don't do works to have faith because you have faith. You outwork generosity. Yeah, we understand that. Shane says the most, Shane Willard said this one, one of his comments, I just picked it up. It says, the most effective form of Christianity is demonstration. Isn't that right? So this whole concept of generosity in our entire life, the most effective form of Christianity is demonstration. We're not, and again, just rewinding, we, you don't do works to have faith. Because you have faith, you outwork generosity. So James is under, this makes a whole lot more sense now about the function and the and what we're doing. It says, But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Next scripture. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. I said this in the first service. If you didn't have your coffee in the morning, and you read this, you could put a bit of attitude in there. It's like, good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. See, this is an amazing piece of scripture where, because James says, even the demons believe in Jesus. See, a lot of people are going are gonna to say, I believed in Jesus. But then no, there was no function. There was no function. And I'm not trying to put in any deep theology or, or change your theology. But I am saying there, I believe this scripture is saying, you know, there, there is, we are saved by the grace of God. But if we are saved by the grace of God truly, would not there be an expression that comes out of our life? I, I shared in the first service, I had a boss in London I, I worked for for five years. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be listening to this message on podcast or anything. But if you are, Amen. <laughs> Thank you for letting me work with you for five years. 
But I, I, had, I had conversations with him about Jesus. He, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He went to church. But man, did I, did I, I didn't see one part of his life reproducing what the culture of generosity or compassion or anything. Five years, I'd just see him maybe once or twice a week. And I'd just get, I'd, I'd do the job and, and not, not once. Like not once did he, I think he may have done like a Christmas dinner once at, a, at one of the pubs. Not to discredit him or anything like that, but there's no, there's just no evidence. There's no function of who or what Jesus had done in his life. And as a church, this is where I'm going with this. Is there a function in your Christianity? You are saved by grace. You are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But is there a function? Is there this, this love of, for people? Let's not just believe in Jesus. Let's outwork. Let's function as a Christian. Let's demonstrate the love of God through our entire lives. Because this is challenging, isn't it? It's real challenging. But you know what? God's enabled us to do it. God's graced us to do it. It just takes faith. I want to encourage you in that. Um, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestors Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son uh, Isaac on the altar? Again, actions, his function. Let's keep going. You see, his faith and his actions work together. Form and function work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we, sh we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Does this make sense now? It sure helped me out a whole lot. A hundred percent, you're saved by grace, but I pray that there's, there's a function of the love and the grace of Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. We're, oh, we're, we're doing good. We might get to lunch early this morning. So this concept of generosity to reach a city, it's not just financial, it's with our entire lives. Inviting that person over, Praying for that person. Uh, just from a public point of view, I won't. Some of you will know the background of this, but again, the, the young, the, the the lady that died a couple of weeks ago. I shared with you that that Saturday morning, she was in Oliver's football team, or she wasn't. Her son was, and uh, man, I had a twenty-minute conversation with her, talking about different stuff. Just be nice, because that's a good way to start. And then finding out that night that she went missing and then unfortunately had lost her life. And now I've still got, I've got a little boy in Oliver's team. You know who we had around for a play date last week? We had that little boy, didn't we? Why? Because we just wanted to love him. We wanted to have a good time with him. And uh, I'm talking with the dad and just say, hey man, anything that we can do. He goes, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out this routine thing. I'm like, whatever, man. Anytime you want us to pick him up after school, we'll help. Anytime we can do something. He's like, well, I've got this birthday buddy next weekend. I'm like, you want me to come? I'll help. He goes, yeah, that'd be good. It is the laser strike, and I love laser strike. <laughs> I, I offered my services before I knew it was laser strike. 
But you know what I mean? It's, it's just about opening our world up. It's opening our world up to be generous with our time. I mean, we've just purchased a new property and, and, and we've got dreams and aspirations to renovate it and all that. What does it take time? What could I be doing on a Saturday? Painting, doing lots of fun things. But I'm choosing to just put aside some of that time because there's an opportunity here that I could maybe reach out to this person and love this person. So this concept of generosity to reach our city, yeah, it is, it's gonna, today is the first time we've really even touched on finances. But it's more than that. It's giving our whole lives to Jesus. It's believing that we can do more. You know, I love the fact that right now we're doing Mind Your Marriage, which is a, just a, a small, fun, fun, it's fun. It was fun for me and Desiree. I don't know what it's provoked in some of the family, in some of the couples, but, but it's really fun. It is fun because, you know, there's a, there's a husband and a wife being generous with their time for one another and having a date night to go, oh, I actually want to work on my marriage. I believe I can have the best marriage, so I'm going to put time into it. They're being generous to one another. And this is a whole lot of fun, and, and there's some, been some good feedback, and, and I love that. We're trying to create different spaces, and we're thinking all the time, how can we be generous? Let's be generous with our, ourselves. Let's be generous to ourselves so that we can be then generous to others. Because the world of the generous will what? Get larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Amen. I want to I just share a little bit, a real little bit, because we have got the miracle offering, and it is today, but we're also going to extend it to next week because this is the first week we've got this little booklet out, and there's some information in there. It's really not a big picture of what we do as a church. It's got some stuff in there, and, and it's, it, well, I hope it informs you. Uh, will it inspire you? Maybe. I hope so. But really, it's just got a little bit of information in there because this is part of our culture as a church. If, if this is the first time you've been to our church, uh, we take up an offering called the Miracle Offering once a year. And this is over and above our tithing. This is something that we're just believing that we can sow into to see uh, and reach different areas and see the kingdom of God advanced even more. And so we take up this offering every year. Uh, we've been doing it for the last three years here. Uh, while I've been here, and, and we've just seen God increase and increase and increase. And so I, I want to just share some principles around financial giving. Is that all right? Because I, I pray that these principles will bless you, that, that they're there to encourage you. They're not there to manipulate you. They're not there to, to put you under pressure. And as we read through these scriptures, I, I think you'll see that. And so let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 9. So this is, in, this is Paul talking to the church in Macedonia and, uh, and following up. And, so, and, and they're taking up an offering. And they're taking up an offering for the believers in Jerusalem. And, uh, and so this is Paul talking about it. And so there's some real good principles. Let's go through it. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Principle number one right there. Plant small, get small. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Principle two, plant generously, get a generous crop. This is scripture. This is not me making this up. And I can tell you this, this is amazing because it works. Um, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Can I just say, 
If I could capitalize that, if I could get a highlighter out right now and scribble all over that screen, I would highlight that. That is our entire heart. When it comes to believing and stepping out in faith and being generous, I pray that it's something that you've considered in prayer. I pray that you've, you've looked at it even from a financial point of view, that, that you're stepping out and your faith is in line with what the Lord has asked you to do, not from any, 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 any competition or any, uh, any pressure from us as a church. We're believing for a certain amount, but that's not going to stop us doing what God's called us to do. But uh, what, what I'm excited about is that your world getting larger and larger. But it takes, it's the principle of going first, you give, and then later it will get larger and larger. And so I've, I've seen different people, even my, my testimony. You know, there was a time where I, I, gave, I gave $200, and I was actually at a conference, and there were three offerings. And the Lord said, give $200 again. And then the Lord said, give $200 again. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> and uh, it was actually four nights it was. And uh, the last night, the Lord said, empty your wallet again. I'm like, stop it. You would have thought I just wouldn't have gone back to the ATM machine and filled up, you know. But anyway, but I learned that uh, as I just went, okay, that's it. And it came to, came to 800 New Zealand dollars. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that was a fair bit then. But then, I was, then when we, this is when we're in the UK, and I remember the Lord speaking to Desiree and I, and the Lord said, double your offering. I'm like, are you, is, that, is that the Lord? Um, are you sure? Are, are you sure? Because we'd already prayed, and we were in the UK, and, and we thought, you know, and I, I just share, because our first offering was 2,000 pounds. And don't, equiv- don't try and tr- translate that to New Zealand because it doesn't work that way. You, you, you work, you get paid, right? And this is something with me and uh, Desiree and, and God. And we're in the meeting and the person preaching and the Holy Spirit just hit me and the Holy Spirit hit Desiree and we looked at each other and it was like, we need to double it. And it was like, yep. And so that was the first time we really stretched to where we gave 4,000 pounds. But I look back now and I'm like, that wasn't a stretch at all. We were on an equivalent, or we were on 50 pounds an hour between us. And, uh, and we had no kids. Who knows you got money then? <laughs> <laughs> we, we had heaps of money. We just didn't know it. And I didn't know it. See, sometimes we don't realize how big our worlds actually are. And so we stepped out on that and we gave and, and we didn't really think much of it. But just seeing back and looking how God has made our world get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just been phenomenal. I, I might share some testimonies tonight, but it's really not about finances, so I don't know if I will. But I am saying and putting weight behind this principle, the world of the generous will get bigger and bigger. And, and, and do it out of your heart, out of, not out of pressure. Uh, and don't give reluctantly a response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So let me just give you an illustration to help you out with this concept. If you've got your offering 
and you're walking to the resource area this afternoon with your pledge out, and you're like going, <laughs> and you're grumpy, you probably haven't read the scripture or understood it. But if you're going to that place with the miracle offering, and you're like, yeah, I'm excited about what you're going to do, God. I'm happy. To, this is good. This is not stupid giving. This is not going far further, but this is, a, this is a generous offering. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. If you do that, hey, I'm, a, I'm so excited to hear about what God's going to do in your life because I know that he will. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share for others. I like those scriptures because even after we've made the decision and after we've uh, cheerfully given, God's still going to generously provide provide all we need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Let's keep going. As the scriptures say, they freely, uh, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. I just want to stop there just for one second. Because when I saw this, I was amazed. Hopefully that bowl doesn't fall off if it does. I don't know if you've got a Bible. Hopefully you do. Open it up to Ephesians 3. And we're going to finish. So music team, you can jump up in a minute. Oops. Uh, whoops, I, I led you to the wrong place. Open your Bible up to that passage in Second Corinthians. Uh, here we go. I don't know if it says this in your Bible, but this when I saw this, this, this is amazing. It says this, they, freely, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Some of you might have in your Bible like a little cross-reference or a reference section, or it might have little scriptures next to other scriptures that say, hey, this scripture is like the other scripture. Go and have a look at this. Look it up. I don't know. In my Bible... I've got Ephesians 3.20. I don't know what yours says, but maybe it does. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe it's at the very bottom. There's a little star asterisk next to it. But I thought this was amazing. When we've been looking at Ephesians 3.20, where God can do. Can we put that up of Ephesians 3.20? Because I always quote it wrong. Now glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could might ask or ever think. And then we read that, and we look at this concept. We look at the function again, and in this function of Second Corinthians chapter nine, uh, down the bottom, verses nine it says this: "As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever." I've got a cross reference there. There were three Ephesians three twenty. I'm like getting blown away here by the scripture. Going, you mean what God can do? Uh, let's put that Ephesians one back up because. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at within us 
to accomplish infinitely more? You mean, you mean that, that, that there's a grace, there's an anointing, there's an opportunity here in our giving that God can accomplish infinitely more through our giving and through our sharing and through our, our good deeds forever? I'm like, this is amazing. The Bible is so cool. And, and you pick up little things like this that just open doors to what God has for us. And so, so this morning when it comes to the miracle offering and, and it comes to believing in God, there's lots of principles through 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But let's understand this. We're saved by the righteousness of grace. But our function is to be generous, not just with finances, but with our entire lives. And so music team, if you can jump up, that'd be great. We're going to finish. I want to give you just like a minute. If you're visiting from out of town, you, you're welcome to join with us, but I've got no expectation whatsoever. And you can take one of these, you can do it. But if you're part of our church and... This is home. This is our once a year miracle offering. And we haven't spoken into it a lot, mainly because I believe we've got a culture around it of generosity anyway. But why don't you just take a minute to pray, to let the Holy Spirit talk to you. And here's the thing, if you, you, we've only given these out this morning, but, but I know for some of you, you're already ready, you're already prayed, you're, you're already decided as a family, and, and that's okay. You can, you can pledge and you can bring your cash offering. So the way we're doing it, I'll just share with you quickly. We've got two forms. So the blue one today is a cash offering, what you're going to give now. But maybe you feel like in the next year you want to pay off a pledge. So give the cash offering now and then on top of, put if you want to, uh, no pressure, if you want to, put a pledge in as well and believe to fill that for the rest of the year. But we've only given these out today, so it's okay if you want to take one of these home and pray it through for the week. Pray it through with your family, with your spouse. Pray it through with your children. Bring them into the equation as well because you'll be stirring something in them and building a great principle in their lives when it comes to giving. So I encourage you to take one of these. If you're ready today, the resource area after the service, you can bring your tithes and bring the pledge, bring the offering as well. But if not, take it home, pray over it, believe for it. Ask God, where can I be generous with this? But do it with a grateful heart, cheerful heart. And do it believing by faith this whole concept of generosity. Say, Lord, I believe the world of the generous will get larger and larger. I want to be part of that. As a church, um, honestly, we are so proud of who we are as a church when it comes to finances. Why? Because it just shows that people are listening to the principles of the Word of God. I pray if tithing's an issue for you, listen to the principles of God. Trust in the Lord. But when it comes to this offering as well, I pray you just listen to God and you'd come with a cheerful heart. 
because I know your world will get larger and larger and larger and larger. Trust me, I, I just know it. I had to be generous once with my meeting people. I didn't like meeting people. I've shared this before. But Desiree challenged me. Come on, let's have some people home. I'm like, no. Then go eat somewhere else. I want to eat by myself. I had to be generous in that area and share. I had to welcome people into my home. And now we love welcoming people. I love welcoming people into my home. That's just one part of it. But let's be a church that believes for a city that can be reached through generosity. Amen. Amen. Why don't we jump to our feet as we finish? So what we're going to do is just want to lift up that chorus. What a beautiful name. Because Jesus is the ultimate. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Let's just sing that through. And then I'm going to pray. And after that prayer, I'm also going to pray for anyone who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe you've come to church this morning and uh, with a friend, wanted to know more about God. Maybe they've Maybe they're actually being generous and they've bribed you with buying you lunch this afternoon. That's all right. That's one of the common techniques I tell them to do. I think it's a good technique, especially if you're on the end of it. But no, really, honestly, it's because we love people. And it's because we want to tell you about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And so after we sing this song, I'm going to invite you to open the door of your heart and ask Jesus in go from there. Now let's worship Jesus. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. For more information, please check out our website at www.thecookerschurch.com forward slash Dunedin.